Hi. Hi. Uh, I'm Evan. I'm Addie. And you are listening to the Speaking English podcast. Today's episode 29. Mm-hmm. And uh, today we have a special guest who's actually been on the show before. So, Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm Audrey. Thanks for having me again. Of course. And p- part of the reason that Audrey is here, because we're having a very special uh, horror week slash October Halloween-y kind of episode today. Mm-hmm. I don't really know what it, it is. <laughs> I have no plan. Like, I don't have anything planned. We'll just see how it goes. Thanks. Um, oh. Yeah. But before we get into any of that, how has your week been? My week has been really long. <laughs> it's just like really exhausting with school and work and like trying to get into my new job, but also still this goal. It's just a hard transition. What about you guys? That's fair. Um, I don't even know what I've done this week. It's been going by so slow. I had a final, one of my classes or a couple of them are like half semesters. Mm-hmm. So that went by super fast and I spent basically my whole week on that. And that's pretty much it. Nice. Tough times. Mid <laughs> midterm season is hitting us all. Yeah, seriously. Um I'm still working on this documentary. That's like my most of my weekend is putting it together. Um it's kind of it's it's fun. I just am ignoring other stuff I have to do. Mm. So. Um, but I wanted to correct a couple things I said in the episode two weeks ago, because I've learned a lot since then. <laughs> uh, so I mentioned two weeks ago about how the tw- like I don't rate any movies from like before the 20s or anything. <laughs> and I didn't give a reason for that. And I felt bad about it. But like I, I thought about it for a bit. And there's a few reasons. First of all, is that it was like anything that's like holds up today that came out before the 20s is like such a small list that that's just the like you just can watch all of them and they're Mm -hmm. just so like well known and renowned. Um, And it's not really until the 20s that like it feels like there's a good amount of movies that hold up that not everyone knows and aren't like super well studied. Mm -hmm. So for me, like it's interesting to look at those and kind of see, um, like how I feel about them, like independently, because I haven't read all this stuff about like why they're important and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and then the other reason, which I learned in film history, which is actually a class that I'm taking with Audrey, um, mm-hmm. just about that, like the 20s were kind of when, especially in Europe, the national cinemas like started to become their own thing, and not just mm-hmm. all of Europe um so i think that's really cool that like it's it's kind of in the 20s that like something from germany doesn't look like something from france like they're completely different mm-hmm. and i think that's really cool that it kind of separates at that point um and 20, 1920s just a nice round date number so that's my reasoning. I feel bad for, you know, kind of blowing that off because I feel like it's important. <laughs> Good uh, to- so the other thing was that I don't know if I mentioned it this most recent time when I talked about Akira, but it's something that I'm pretty sure I mentioned in the past is I said that it was all animated at 24 frames per second. Um, and I watched a in very informative YouTube video this week about how that's not true at all. Um, it, it went into 24 frames, like FPS, like during specific, like big deal action scenes where the detail is really important. Mm-hmm. Um, but like basically, and this is something that I had no idea about animation. So I'm really glad I watched this video because it called out because that's like a common thing that everyone says about Akira. So I just want to stop the spread of misinformation. <laughs> to my best to stop the spread of misinformation. That is your duty as a film major. Exactly. That's what you're able to do. Exactly. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so it it there's just like the big sequences, it goes to 24 frames. Um, but most of it is between like 12. Like it's usually, they call them like twos, ones, twos, and threes. 
So basically there's like one cell for every two frames um, <laughs> for a lot of it, except for the big action parts. So yeah, I just wanted to, um, yeah, stop that spread of misinformation and do my best. Yeah. Um, cool. And I wanted to mention, I wanted to mention one more thing, um, which is that about two about two months ago we did our like the most ambitious thing we've done on this podcast before, where we watched all of Hayao Miyazaki's movies. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think two months is about the amount of time that it takes me to want to rewatch stuff. Mm. So I wanted to mention the four, I think, movies that I really want to rewatch that we watched then. Mm. Um, and I found out that most of them are ones that I hadn't seen before. Like that, that was my first watch. Right. Um, so in a rough order, I want to rewatch Kiki's Delivery Service, Delivery Service, um, <laughs> because that's kind of the one that I I gave it an eight when I watched it, but just thinking about it since, like that's definitely a nine for me. And I when I know that, I really just want to rewatch it and make sure that I'm right about that sort of stuff. Um, and then Porco Rosso, The Wind Rises, and My Neighbor Totoro are the other ones. Mm-hmm. And I found that I just really like the vibe of all of those. Yeah. And I just kind of want to live in that world to escape from everything else going on. <laughs> That's my reasoning. I would, T- Kiki's is at the top of my list too, just because it's my favorite. Like Kiki's is a 10 out of 10 for me. I just always want to rewatch it. Um, I, I would put Princess Mononoke, I think, also in my rewatch list, just because that one felt kind of complex I guess and like really intense it just feels like something that that's like worth seeing twice and that was my first time watching it so I think I need to give it another view yeah I might also just throw in spirited away like I feel bad excluding any because most of these at least that were in like the S or the A tier it's like if someone was like let's watch these I'd be 100% I'm down always but (laughs) Those are just the ones that I found that like I might rewatch sometime in the next month or two. Yeah. I was thinking about Porco too recently. I just I just really liked Porco. The vibes. All the, about the vibes. vibes. Okay, so that was a bit a lot of me <laughs> talking. But the idea for this episode is kind of like a horror movie slash Halloween kind of October fun stuff. <laughs> um, so I did a Q&A and I, there's a couple of answers or responses. Um, so I'll just go through those real quick if that works. Yeah. Uh, so the first one is what is your favorite quote unquote bad horror movie? Um, mine is... <laughs> Probably Friday the 13th. But I really just like like a classic slasher. I don't know. I don't even know if like those count as bad because they're like a genre of their own. You know what I mean? Like they're not, they just are what they are. It's not necessarily good or bad, but it's not, you know, like it's not a flawless film. (laughs) I don't think anybody would say that it is. They're like classics, not for their quality necessarily. Yeah. I guess. Cool. Yeah. Oh, that's so hard. Like, I feel like I really can't choose, but I'd say probably like the Final Destination movies, just because I love those. And a lot of people don't think they're that good. A lot of people do, though. So I feel like it's a mix up, but they're just so entertaining. They're so simply entertaining to watch. So I'd have to go with those ones. Nice. I don't know if I watch any bad horror movies i feel like the little horror i have seen are they kind of like the classics um but i kind of looked into it and there is this one that is called the love witch which i don't even know why i watched it i guess it looked intriguing but it was just terrible it was like a spoof kind of but it just it just felt really weird to watch (laughs) i don't know terrible movie but it was it was a pretty fun time watching it so that's my answer 
Um, and the next question, the other question is, why are Korean zombie movies so good? I don't think I've ever seen a Korean zombie movie before. I've seen one. <laughs> so I only saw Train to, Bu- Train to Busan. Um, and it was really good. And I, once again, I don't watch a whole lot of zombie movies, but I think what really set that one apart from what I have seen is just how the scenario developed. Mm. Um, so it's basically like set on the first day of this outbreak. Um, and like you kind of hear stuff about it spreading, but basically there's just one person who gets on this train that starts the whole thing. Um, mm-hmm. It's like the whole shock of it and like how, I think the biggest thing is how quickly um, people just die in that movie. <laughs> and I know this is something I said kind of about uh, Texas Chainsaw Massacre last week. Yeah. Is that like, it's so satisfying when it's just like, someone's there and they're just gone yeah (laughs) and i think in a way a lot of like east asian cinemas like that i'm specifically thinking about this japanese Mm -hmm. movie called battle royale um and like people die and it's just so sudden and it's just they're gone and it's that Mm -hmm. and i think it's elevated in train to busan because like they're still they just they die but then like Mm -hmm. a little bit later they just like turn into zombies and they're just like insanely just fast just running <laughs> down and it just all happens so quickly so yeah i don't know but at the same time they just released a sequel like the same guy released a sequel to train to busan and it's not very good so i oh, bummer. i thought of another answer for a bad horror movie that i love mm-hmm. can i say it Jeepers Creepers starring amazing pretty objectively bad I just googled it it has like a 40% on Rotten Tomatoes but it is incredible so rewatchable and so much fun the villain in it like skins people and like makes stuff out of their skin in the sequel he makes a throwing star out of Justin Long's skin it's awesome that's a really good one. I can't believe it only has 40% on Rotten Tomatoes. I feel like that was such a, like, it holds up so well. I completely agree. Such a good time. There's a third one, too. Yeah. Jeepers Creepers and all of the sequels to it. <laughs> all incredible. Definitely. You should have a marathon, I think. Yeah. I feel like those. that's one of the, like, actual, like, scary movie franchises or whatever, where, like, all of the sequels actually hold up. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> That works with it. They follow a story that just really kind of keeps you interested. Like it's not, it's not like a classic horror sequel where you're like, this did not need to have a sequel. Like the sequels for Jeepers Creepers, they make sense why they needed to. They do. Yeah. I got to check them out. Do you think The Mummy would be considered a horror movie? It's like an adventure horror movie? Uh, I don't know. I don't think I would call it a horror Maybe either, but I feel like it was classified as that somewhere and it got me thinking. It was because there's an original, I don't know what year it was made, but it was part of that like universal monster movie and like the the reason for you. So the original, definitely, but I never watched it and I've never seen the new one, but I'm sure it probably doesn't fit the newer one. Oh, I gotcha. Yeah, I just looked up The Mummy from 1932. Mm -hmm. And that's funny because like, I've seen not maybe not most of them, but I watched Frankenstein and Dracula and uh, the Bride of Frankenstein. So I've seen some of those and they're they're nice. They're so fun. They are they're the best. <laughs> um so the only other like real topic I had in mind is just kind of running down like favorite horror movies. Mm. Okay, well I can start. I think at the very top of my list, just because it's one of my favorite movies of like all time, not just horror movies, is Carrie. Just because it's, mm, I don't know, it's just so good. And um, I mean, the sequels are like really, really bad. After I rewatched Carrie for like the third time, I decided to go back and rewatch all of the sequels and just compare to the newer ones. Like the first one just holds up so well. It's 
not necessarily scary in any sense, but it's just like so beautifully done. It's like artistically really pleasing to watch. And I don't know, Sissy Spacek does a really good job of playing such a like interesting character. And I don't know, it's just really fun to watch it play out. And the storyline just holds up so well over all of this time, I would say. So I think that's my number one for sure. Gotcha. Yeah, that's definitely one that I've like been wanting to watch. I have not seen it, but that's up there on the list. There's like a few mm-hmm. that I know that I'm like I'm pretty sure I'll like. I just haven't seen, gotten around to watching it yet. That's how Texas Chainsaw was for me. Mm-hmm. Have you um, seen the the like new Carrie the remake? Yeah, the one with oh man, what's her name? She's I don't know. Everything, <laughs> yeah. but yeah. All I know is Julianne Moore's in it and she actually does a good job of like playing like the crazy mom. But, um, I, I did enjoy that one, but what's really good. And we studied this film in class and it was really cool to see it like on the big screen and like the surround Mm -hmm. sound system, which made it all the more better is at the very end, like spoiler alert, but I feel like everyone knows the story of Carrie. I feel like that's pretty genuinely acknowledged, um, is, you know, when she, gets the pig spot on her and then starts going crazy if she doesn't like move her hands or like do anything she just looks places and things happen and it's like this really cool like editing shot where like zooms in on her eyes and then something explodes and then she looks somewhere else and it's like really quick and then there's like like a split screen thing going on with like her just getting enraged without really changing her face which is also kind of scary just because it's like that bitch is going crazy but she doesn't look like it um and everyone else like in the whole chaos going on in the um gym but like in the newer one she does all this like weird stuff with her arms and her face and she's like twisting her body all like weird and I don't know I just hate that compared because like that was something so cool in the first one that just like showed a like her power and like the destruction she's causing and it made it like all the more terrifying I think especially to people who would be like ah that's spooky and then in the newer one it's just like Okay. It's just like moving her body all weird. And it just like takes a lot of the elements out of it. I don't know if that makes any sense, but yeah, I see what you're saying. No, yeah. I think it's like a general trend of like remakes and things to just like misconstrue the intentions. Like they always pick the wrong thing to focus on. And like Mm -hmm. in their updates or whatever, it like loses a lot of what like made the original so special, I guess. Mm -hmm. I agree with that. Yeah, for sure. Which is why I think it's funny that they just keep remaking stuff. But I guess <laughs> yeah. it makes more money. It does, yeah. Um, so I just I did like a genre um search through my like letterbox lists, and my top horror movies are What We Do in the Shadows and Shaun of the Dead. <laughs> nice. Awesome. <laughs> So there you have it. But uh, besides those, we got The Lighthouse, mm-hmm. which I loved. Mm-hmm. And I guess I would say that the horror movies that I like the most are kind of, I like them for reasons that aren't necessarily linked to being a horror movie, I guess. Mm-hmm. Um, because most of the other ones are like from the 20s and 30s, like silent movies and like early right. sound. Um, but yeah and then also Green Room I love Green Room um, I don't know what that is uh, so it's basically these this band plays at a show in like the middle of the woods and I guess the people who own the bar are like Nazis like white supremacists mm. and then something goes wrong and they are trapped and they find something out and the people are trying to kill them and they gotta get out I don't know it was just Scary fun time. (laughs) Yeah, that's a good one. And also Alien. Love Alien. (laughs) Um, My all-time favorite horror movie is The Shining, but I almost feel like silly saying it. (laughs) I just feel like it's almost like a cliche answer, and also it's just almost become like a meme among 
filmmakers, <laughs> I think, to like talk about Stanley Kubrick and The Shining and stuff. But I'm not a film major, so I think it's okay for me it's to have it as my favorite. Um, yeah, that one, definitely my all-time, like nothing touches that movie to me. It's just so surreal. One of my favorite things that horror movies can do is like make it so vague like the setting so vague that you don't like get to know like the rules of what's going on like why like what's making it so strange um and like how do you stay safe in this place you like never get to know I really like a horror movie that does that really well and I think it does yeah for sure um something I not to like keep bringing up my class but I think it's like really interesting is especially with Stanley Kubrick books and movies is his whole thing is like maybe not on purpose but like the way it comes out is um it's all very like domestic it's all in places that could very much happen like to you especially like with the shining it's like just in a secluded hotel mm-hmm. like somewhere and it's like I could be in a secluded hotel or like there's this one movie Cujo which I personally hated I thought it was so bad but it's just like a dog that goes rabid and like yeah. people get stuck <laughs> and it's crazy and that's what makes all of his like stuff is like extra spooky. So it's like, oh dang, that could like really logically kind of happen. Like, and then it gets you thinking, like, what would I do if this situation happened to me? <laughs> exactly. Also, going to give a shout out to Carnival of Souls. <laughs> yeah. Oh my gosh, that one. That one is on my list too. That was just. It's so good. It's like another one of those. And I think that's just something that I really like in movies in general is just where they don't let you, like you, you have to figure it out on your own. These, yeah. you, just, you just get to like live with it and it kind of becomes, and I think, I think that's something that, you know, when you watch something or read something or whatever, like your interpretation of it comes like is informed by yourself in a way that's like, is completely unique for everyone. Mm-hmm. So that's why that like a lot of these movies that are like not very like explicit, like very ambiguous, I guess this is, <laughs> ambiguous is what I'm looking for. Um, they're like, I, I can see what, why people like them and why people don't like them. And like, that's a thing that like gets a lot less objective just because the viewing experience is so different for everyone. Just like, mm-hmm what kind of like what they take out of it and what they put into it I guess mm-hmm. but that's why I like David Lynch so much I think for sure mm-hmm. yeah I really like a horror movie that just has like an open-ended ending there's like no conclusion you just have yeah. to like take from it what you will I think my favorite horror movie that does that is probably Goodnight Mommy which is the by the same directors as The Lodge which I talked about pretty frequently on the pod which I loved so good but goodnight mommy really like plays into the like ambiguity really really hard and that you never find out what was what was really going on there and I just appreciate it so much I feel like it's almost hard to pull off well because it like if you don't do it well it's just annoying (laughs) it's just like a cheap like cop-out move that's like did you just never finish writing this so to like do it well, I think is, it's like really impressive. Mm-hmm. Gotcha. Um, so I had one more that I wanted to mention um, that wasn't in the twenties. It was called Kwaidon. It's a Japanese movie by Kobayashi. He's like big boy in golden age Japanese cinema. Um, but it's basically like an anthology of four different stories and it's three hours long. <laughs> um, but each of the, it, like each story takes so long to kind of develop, but it's like another one of those cases where you just, you're like entranced by it, the way that it just mm-hmm. kind of goes through it. So I feel like that's one that you kind of have to be in a certain mindset in order to watch and actually enjoy. But like it got, it got to me. Not in like a scary way, but in just like, I don't know, just very cool, very interesting watch and unique. Like, I don't know if I felt that way watching a movie a lot of times. 
Although, like I mentioned, it's an anthology. There's four different stories, and the last one is not that good. The last one is the weakest, so I don't know what that says, but the first three got to me. Thanks. Oh. Evan, have you seen The Witch? Not yet. That's on okay. my list for this month, though. I'm going to try to have it. I'm so excited to hear your thoughts on it. Oh, yeah. Only I like The Witch better than The Lighthouse, but I don't know if you will. I think I do, too. I think I like it a lot better than The Lighthouse. Yeah. It is so good. I really... The Witch might be in my top five. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Cool. Yeah, I'm, I'm planning on checking that out before the end of the month. I'm trying to, like, watch one horror movie a week at least. Nice. Good for you. Just for, just for this month. We'll see about after that. I don't know. Yeah. I just I don't really like watching horror movies. And of what course is it depends it? on the one, but like I don't like being scared, I guess. <laughs> it's so funny. Which is weird because I don't really mind the brutality of it. Like I watch a lot of like action fighting movies. Mm-hmm. But I don't know. I don't know exactly what it is, but I don't know why I do like being scared. Like, I don't know how to explain that interest of mine. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's a good question. Yeah. Because <laughs> I'm the same way. Like, I would so much rather prefer to watch, like, a horror movie over anything else. Yeah. That's my immediate go-to if I'm looking for something on Netflix. I'm like, okay, what's in the horror section? And then yeah. if there's nothing good, it's like, I guess I'm moving on. <laughs> I feel the same. There's just something about them that is like so intriguing. It just holds my attention so well. And that, yeah, if I haven't seen one in a minute, I just like want to, like, I just want to experience that feeling of being scared. <laughs> gotcha. That's funny because um, someone I follow on Letterboxd, I guess he's like a YouTuber too and stuff, but in one of his reviews for a horror movie, he's like, horror is the only genre that like you get super hyped up about. Mm. <laughs> it's like like you don't you don't have to like go run around in the streets and be like yo did you just see like this new tarkovsky movie or something <laughs> like it doesn't work for other genres and i think that there's something to be said about that um yeah. although like it does work for other things like it's not the only thing yeah um but i think that's a very interesting point that's true it just like makes your emotions like run high it's just like a lot of excitement and like adrenaline afterwards yeah Yeah, i think it's very like what's the word cathartic i don't know to watch this movie where everyone's lives are going wrong in the absolute worst ways possible and then you finish watching the movie you're like back to my normal life where that would never possibly happen like (laughs) it's like big weight off your shoulders I guess I don't know true and then also I think when you watch a really good horror it just feels like energizing I guess yeah adrenaline thing but like my roommate and I watched The Lodge together when a few weeks ago and The Lodge is very scary in my opinion both of us were freaked out and so like as soon as we finished watching it, we went to go visit our third roommate who manages an ice cream shop because we were just like, we have to get out of the house right now and talk to somebody else about this. <laughs> so we went to his ice cream store. We were like, please, we just have to talk about this movie. I love yeah, it. That's so true, actually. I remember like after I, right, when I finished watching Texas Chainsaw, I was just like really hyped up. Yeah. Probably just because the last shot is so cool in that movie. I know. So good. Texas mm-hmm. is probably up there now for me in my in my top faves. Yeah. yeah. It's it's in my list. It's in my list of like favorite movies on my list. Yeah. But I don't know if I'm gonna like try to watch it again anytime soon. No, me neither, but it was like so much fun, so iconic. Yeah. And like that goes back to like the point of like you're watching the screen and you, you know like it's not happening to you and i definitely <laughs> felt that during that movie yeah <laughs> like I'm, I'm like ready for something to happen but i know that like i'm chilling yeah it's like oh thank god i'm so glad i'm in my house right now <laughs> yeah exactly i don't want to turn this back to rear window yet again but because <laughs> that's not even a horror movie but uh there's that whole thing that i love about like the, the coolest part about rear window um and i don't even think i even mentioned this in my little rant when someone gave it a bad review because it wasn't plausible but uh 
the like the point of that movie is that oh, I guess you haven't seen it. What should, how should I say? <laughs> I don't want to spoil it. Mm. Actually, no, it's okay because it's something that you'll get more out of watching it if you're thinking about it. Because at the end, he's watching this guy across the uh, backyard. Okay. The whole movie. And he just sees him doing all this stuff. And then the guy doesn't realize it until the very end. He sees that he's watching him. And mm-hmm. he goes. And he goes into his building. And why that's so important is because the whole time you're watching it from from uh, um, Jeffrey's perspective. Mm-hmm. And so it's like you're watching the screen. You see everything behind it. And you feel that safety in your own house. Then at the mm-hmm. very end this guy breaks that contract, which is like meant like implied to be like the viewer watching the movie. And he goes to the, he crosses the threshold of the screen. Oh. And like, that's kind of what, why it's like, so like, like we feels weird. Like feels yeah. like, that. yeah. You can imagine. Yeah. Huh, yeah, check it out. Thanks. Yeah, I feel like that's a good description. I definitely think that... Oh, sorry, go ahead. No, that was it. (laughs) Um, I think as I've been like trying to think of all my favorite horror movies, the majority of them are like older, like kind of like decades old. And I guess that that probably goes back to like the conversation that we were having about Texas Chainsaw Massacre, where there's just like something to be said about horror that can hold up and still be scary, like across all these years and even like generations. Like, I don't know, something about that just in and of itself makes it like more remarkable and like more likely to become a favorite for me. Yeah, absolutely. I think that goes the next one I was thinking of, like the next one on my list is like the exorcist, which I feel like is pretty genuine, but just because I feel like that goes exactly with what you're saying. Like it's just something, it was so like such a big deal in its time and it really, really changed the game, I guess. So it like really holds up because it was so important, I guess. And there's two or three sequels, I think, but I don't know if anyone has ever heard of them. Like I didn't hear about them until like this year, <laughs> but just the first one itself is so memorable that yeah. I think. It just holds up so well over time. Yeah, I agree. It just still feels like a big deal now, I gotta yeah. say. Because <laughs> I watched it for the first time, like my freshman year. Yeah, it was crazy, crazy. It was actually the first horror movie to be nominated for the best picture at an Oscar. Oh, and wow. I don't know if it was oh. the last, but. I mean, get out. Oh, yeah. Yes. <laughs> Than that one. Yeah. I feel like I, just, I feel like, like I saw something that was like a list of like the few that have been nominated. Yeah, so that was like really important, and I think another reason why it just holds up so well is because it was what is it? Oh, it was like the first. So up until then, and you guys kind of touched on this last time. Um, like Rosemary's Baby kind of did the same thing. Like took a baby step for turning horror from a B genre into like an A genre. So Mm. Rosemary's Baby was more of like a prestige project and then more artistic than like typical B genre horror movies. And then The Exorcist came out and it was like this huge deal. It was like totally cinematic, not some B genre, like just something you go and see. It was like this, like I had to watch this like uh clip on people used to wait in line for like hours and hours and hours to go see it and then they'd go pass out the minute uh what's her face like walks down the stairs does her little spider walk down the stairs and it was just like that like effect everyone wanted to go see it everyone wanted to go experience it and I think that's why it was just such a I don't know why it holds up so well I just think it does yeah no yeah I really I almost passed out when I watched it I get crazy (laughs) at stuff because I could deal with like the needles just get to me Oh, yeah, that part's just, like, the hardest to watch. Yeah, but I didn't. I still, like, horror is so overlooked in, like, awards and, like, the Oscars specifically. I remember there being a huge conversation. Like, I don't remember if this was last year or the year before for the Oscars. Time has passed. 
so so strangely I don't remember what year this was but um the year that Hereditary and Us came out there was like a huge conversation about why like Lupita Nyong'o and Tony Collette were like not even considered for like best lead actress even though those were two like amazing performances and it was just like why is horror so overlooked just in general yeah I think it's so unfair especially because both of them were so so good at playing just like these really hard characters to play and I think yeah it just goes back to like it started as a B genre like not as important like it actually was you'd go see it in like conjunction with another movie. I can't remember exactly how it went, but it was like you bought like a package deal to go to the movie and it was like the movie that was included, not the one you went to go see. Mm. And I feel like it's just kind of stuck with that stigma, even though movies keep coming out and like proving it wrong, like Hereditary and Us and all that stuff. I I wish those were nominated. I feel like they should have been. I really, they're just really not taken seriously. It's strange. The Oscars is whack. Yeah. We need to make our own Oscars at the end of the year. Okay, sounds good. <laughs> not not our own Oscars, but our own like award show. Yeah, I like that idea. Except Which, for that, um, like no new movies. Have yeah, I was gonna out. say I've seen <laughs> one movie. Yeah. <laughs> you guys like as film majors, do you take any classes um, that like specialize in horror at all? Like, is that an option? Yeah, that's what Audrey like. Yeah. That class. Yeah. 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 I took it last semester and it was the best class I've ever taken in my entire life. It was so much fun. It was just on American horror cinema and it was life-changing. It was the best (laughs) class I've ever taken. If I could take it again, I would. That is awesome. I'm so glad to. The same dude that taught, that teaches that class did my Hitchcock class that I also always like mention and reference on this podcast. (laughs) He's just so amazing. Best professor knows what he's doing awesome. the king. I, have a, I have a personal letter from him hanging. wow yeah what an honor it's my bfa rejection letter <laughs> it's good decor i printed out an email i got from him to hang up but i haven't hung it up yet it feels kind of neat like see we had to write all these essays and i'm just gonna like brag so hard because i never get to tell anyone this but he like sent me an email on my essay and was like, this is the best. Can I please use it to show it as an example to other kids who keep asking why they got lower grades? And I was like, yeah. So I printed that out and I want to hang it on my wall, but it feels like maybe that's too much. Maybe I should just let it live in my inbox. I think you should hang it up. <laughs> that's that's worthy of being hung up. Yeah. But he's the best. Like he's just so good at his job. Like that's awesome. When we moved to online class, he was like standing in front of the class, like almost in tears about how bummed he was that we wouldn't get to see all these really great movies in like the really nice big screen style. He was like so upset over it. He's like, I'm so sorry, guys. It's like, it's okay. (laughs) I'm bummed about that too. Uh, It's like both semesters of film history and like watching most of this, like half of the movies that we're supposed to watch because it's only one a week instead of two. Um, oh, and yeah. also just on my laptop and sometimes on my TV if it's on like a streaming service. Sad. Oh, well. <laughs> it like works for me because I'm like interested in that stuff and I'll seek it out anyways. And I'll find it someday when the theaters reopen. Eventually. I think there's something to say about, to be said about non-horror Halloween movies. Um, I think Kiki's delivery delivery service would fall in that category, honestly. I would agree. Because she's, she's a, a witch. witch and witch. Yeah. Um, also Coco, because mm. I just really like a good Day of the Dead. Like I I get more hyped about Day of the Dead than Halloween, to be honest. Mm-hmm. I do like cool stuff on my family with it. Yeah, that's awesome. Coco is a good movie for that. True. I should watch Coco again. I love that movie. The best. So good. And I think I figured out that um, even though I don't really like horror movies, I love any movie that like 
puts me in a different headspace and like takes me to like a spooky different like with like spooky vibes. Mm-hmm. Um, I can't think of any examples off the top of my head, except like Mulholland Drive and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess I have one more on my list that I wrote down. Oh yeah, go for it. Which I could share. It's um, this movie called The Haunting. I think it was 1963, but it's been redone a couple times. But um, that one, really, really fun to watch. And there's a show on Netflix based off of the same book, The Haunting of Hill House. Mm-hmm. And even though it's not a movie, I strongly, strongly recommend it to anyone because it's a super fun show. Definitely a little scary. Keeps you on the edge of your seat. But it's also like part psychological so half of it's kind of like maybe there's just something psychologically wrong here and half of it's maybe they're really haunted and it's a fun mix-up between both (laughs) i just started watching that show i just watched the first episode yesterday how did you like it it was fun it's like i agree you're just kind of like what is real here like how how much of this is just in their heads yeah excited to find out yeah, if you finish the show and can find The Haunting to stream somewhere, I'd recommend it so much because I didn't realize it was based off of the same thing. And when I watched the movie, I was like, no way. That's the same same things going on here. It's a little different. Like, it's not about a family. It's just this guy who's going into this haunted house to, like, see if it's haunted for science purposes and brings these people with him. And then they're just, like, in the house. But same general concepts, but it's really, really fun to see it, especially in, like, a different time. But Cool. Also, like, didn't Netflix like just release a show that's like also called mm-hmm. The Haunting of something? Yeah, Bly Manor. Yeah, yeah. I, I started watching that. that. It's. I think it's just kind of the same thing as American Horror Story. Like, same actors, oh, different yeah, yeah. story. But, um, I watched it last night, and well, not the whole thing. I watched the first episode. It was pretty good so far. It's based off of another book called the turning of the screw which i've never read but another um another movie just came out based off of that with the i never watched it because it got really really bad reviews but the kid from stranger things uh it's called the turning that's it but it was based off of the same thing it looked awful though (laughs) yeah so it's apparently based off of the same thing but so far the show seems pretty good Maybe that's worth a watch. Okay. What's the kid from Stranger Things name is? It's like, like Finn. Finn Wolfhard or something? Finn Wolfhard, that's it, yeah. Kid the last me. movie that I want to mention, I just feel like I can't like do a horror movie <laughs> episode without talking about it, is the original Nightmare on Elm Street. Oh, yeah. Which I just never... like. I, it's just amazing. <laughs> like, the whole idea that in order to stay alive or not get tortured, you can't sleep is terrifying. It's just such a genius concept and it was executed so well in the first one, but I still like hold by that. It has the potential to be such a good remake because of like special effects and stuff. Mm -hmm. I want to be this like very dreamy, surreal looking movie, but the remake is so bad. (laughs) I just want a good remake so badly. I just hope it happens within my lifetime. Hopefully. Uh, I should, I should make that do it. (laughs) That's such a good one. Yeah, I agree. I love that movie. Yeah. But I was so excited when I saw the remake on HBO. I was like, Oh my God, I didn't know there was a new one. And then I watched it and I was like, what awful going on here? Disappointment of the century for me. But maybe someday I'm I'm holding out hope for that yeah that's a really good one yeah I love it so good do you have any movie that you watched when you were a kid that like wasn't necessarily super scary but like really freaked you out for years just because Coraline. you were oh Coraline <laughs> definitely Coraline <laughs> that's funny mine yeah, is that one. Cemetery which is a horror in my defense, but it's not its not nearly as scary as I made it out to be in my childlike brain. Yeah. That one, the only thing that got me really bad watching that when I was little was the scene where he like cuts his Achilles heel. Like that made me scared to like put my feet next to any bed for the longest time. I was like, no way. 
They actually did a remake of that one, and that one was the remake was really, really good. I actually really liked it. Okay, good to know. I never saw it, but I should. Imagine the scene in Mr. Vengeance. You know the one. Yeah, that's exactly what I was thinking too. (laughs) (laughs) Somehow, I just feel like I know exactly how it would feel, even though I've never experienced that. I just, I just know, and I don't like it. Yeah, I I can't even think about it. Still, like that was just (laughs) no. But you. There wasn't a movie when I was a kid that wasn't scary, but freaked me out a lot. But that reminded me of another movie I wanted to bring up. It was like the first movie that got me like hooked on to horror movies. And it wasn't even that scary. It's called The Lost Boys. And I watched it when I was really little. It's about this kid. They moved to, I think it's Santa Clara. But um, and then there's like a bunch of vampires and he turns into a vampire. And it's like chaos ensues. But it's not scary. It's actually really, really funny. But um, it, I have seen, I haven't seen it, but like I've seen, I, I'm aware of it. Yeah. And I can't believe I forgot that one. That was one of my favorite movies of all time, like period. But I think it technically counts as a horror movie. I think that's what it's under, but it might be more of a comedy. I don't know what it's like. Okay. Scientifically genre is, but. Um, Scientific. But um, that one as a kid, just got me like so hooked on horror movies. I thought it was the best thing I ever saw. I was like, this is amazing. <laughs> That's how I felt about Children of the Corn. <laughs> I don't know why. I don't know if that one holds up. I have not seen it since, but when I watched oh, yeah. it, I was like, this is the best. I'm only going to watch horror movies now. Exactly. There was this, um, oh man, what was it called? This TV channel on, I don't know if it was on anything else, but we only had direct TV. It was called Chiller TV and it was, dedicated to horror movies and that's it and just like scary things and they used to do these countdowns like uh the one that comes to mind is top 10 scariest kids and they went through like children of the corn orphan and pet cemetery all those kids and that's how i like got introduced to a bunch of those movies but i just looked it up uh like a week ago and it doesn't exist anymore the channel has been taken off of the network it was so sad that makes me think of Jeepers Creepers again, which for some reason was constantly on cable television. Yeah. <laughs> it was. Back to back with Jeepers Creepers 1 and then Jeepers Creepers 2. Any given day, you could watch Jeepers Creepers <laughs> on cable TV. Absolutely. I remember my sister and I would watch it all the time at my grandma's house. Like whenever we go to my grandma's house, it was just always on. You're like, yeah, okay. Yep. Time to watch Jeepers Creepers. <laughs> that time of day <laughs> They do have like Shutter now. Like yeah, I had the free trial and it was amazing. And I think I might pay for it just because I it was cool to have access to all things horror for a little bit. Yeah. That's like the one genre that I feel like could do that. Could get away yeah. with having an exclusive streaming service. True. Yeah, I got the free trial to watch Old Boy. Yeah. <laughs> for some reason, it was only on there. Um, yeah. I, over the course of this episode, I realized the reason why I watch so many like old horror movies is because they have the spooky vibes, but they're not scary at all. <laughs> That's true. Like silent horror movies, which I guess prompts me to run down a quick top three silent horror movies. Um. So obviously the cabinet of Dr. Caligari. Yeah. Which is goaded, like started expressionism. Um, and then the Phantom Carriage, which is super vibey, is this guy dies, whoever dies on like midnight of New Year's Eve has to drive the death carriage for the rest of the year or for no. until someone else dies then. Um, which is fun. And this one by early uh, Carl Dreyer, before he did sound stuff, is called Vampire. Actually, this one might be sound. I'm not sure. But vibes, full, full of vibes on that one. <laughs> I think that's something that, like, the silent horror movies stand out. Is like, mm-hmm. I guess because they have the reason to do all this cool stuff. Like, they just do. Because a lot of, like, my favorite silent movies or horror movies too either comedies or horror movies which is funny that the genre pictures that are aren't looked well upon now were kind of where is that 
before the sound came in. <laughs> before sound came in and ruined everything. <laughs> Happy October. Happy spooked over, everyone. Um, but before we go, do you have an album to recommend? Yep, I sure do. I wanted to like find a spooky album to recommend, but this is just like not that easy. There's just not that many spooky albums in the world that aren't like just Halloween movie soundtracks. So what I decided to go with is the album Sunshine Superman by Donovan because it has the song Season of the Witch on it, which is my favorite Halloween song ever of all time. Um, And also it's just a great album. I love I just really love it. It's like super iconic. Season of the Witch is probably my favorite song that's on it, but they are all good. Do you have an album, Audrey? I'm thinking. <laughs> um, let's see. I guess it would be, I just looked it up because I was just listening to this song today in terms of spooky vibes. I don't know what's really on the whole album, but uh, it's The Pious Bird of Good Omen by Fleetwood Mac. But the song on it is Black Magic Woman, which I feel like is just a classic little very good Halloween time <laughs> vibe. Nice. Yeah, I didn't go with that theme for my album. <laughs> <laughs> Mine is Dreamboat Annie by Heart because it's one of my favorite albums ever. And I've been listening to it in the car lately. That's like the theme because I've been driving like back and forth between here and the yeah. strings a lot. They're just albums I play in my car that I just fall in love with all over again. That reminds me that I did have an album in mind. Can I make a secondary album yes. recommendation? <laughs> okay. Yes. It would be the, um, because I'm sure you guys know, but uh, Eddie Van Halen died. I think it was last week. So recommend Van Halen, self-titled album by Van Halen, just because I feel like it's one of the best albums just to commemorate the man. So that's my recommendation, actually. Rest in peace. Well, uh, that's about all we got for this week. Um, You think we're good to do the book and the movie next week? Yeah, I'm good. Cool. Let's make it happen then. Cool. I'm excited to talk about them. Have you finished the book yet? No. uh, I'm like two thirds, probably. Nice. Um. Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> we'll see. We'll, uh, we'll get into it next week. Okay. <laughs> yeah, and I have a book in mind for us to read next. Cool. So, yeah, that's what we got going on next week. Um, thanks for listening to anyone listening. And Thank you. Yeah, see you next week. Bye, Bye now.